This podcast is for your entertainment only and is not the place to find professional medical advice. Hey guys, Jamie here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Sound of Hope podcast. This week, I'm talking to a fellow Spoonie down under. I'm excited to introduce you guys to Chris Jamison. He is recovered from CFS, so we talk a lot about recovery, the four different pillars of recovery, our respective journeys on CFS recovery. I think it's a great episode. Excited for you guys to hear it. Hi, Chris. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Yourself? Good. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Fellow Spoonie down under, you're in Melbourne. I'm in Sydney. I lo- always love meeting people that Spoonies that live in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. Yeah. So you and I connected over Instagram because you kind of reached out to me. You have or have had CFS for a number of years and we were talking about we got in a conversation about recovery sounds like you've recovered in your journey for the most part and I've recovered in my journey from CFS I've had a lot of people asking questions about CFS recovery what my journey looked like um, tips and everything and I thought I'd bring you on to talk about your journey with CFS recovery yeah it sounds awesome like I mentioned before, I'm all up for helping people and I'm yeah. I'm passionate about recovery and just trying to get people to have their best their best life possible. And I understand what they're going through and how hard it is because previously before I was a marathon runner before chronic fatigue and compared to going a, a marathon is like walking in the park compared to oh, overcoming yeah. chronic fatigue syndrome. Totally. So that's just... So that's just explaining yeah. how hard it is and I understand and I get everything. So, Yeah. yeah. And just for our listeners, I want to put in a little bit of a disclaimer that um, I and both Chris and I are aware that um, CFS recovery is a long journey. It might not happen for everyone. And so this podcast is very much as a heart. Like we've had so many people reach out asking what our journeys look like. So we're going to share what how we recovered and what that looked like for us but please don't feel like we're forcing anything on you guys and honestly everyone is in their own space in their journey yeah so chris sure let's get into it yeah let's start let's just start right off the bat what's your pet peeve (laughs) we gotta we gotta hear it right in the beginning of the podcast i don't have too many pet peeves but definitely is people when they're slurping on their noodles or on their soup so really? I just hate the sound. Yeah, that's yeah. That's so, so funny. What about their coffee? I just, I just, cl- uh, like no, the little okay. sip. The... Yeah, that can you handle that? More like that. Yeah. No, oh, you no, can't handle coffee that. Sips are, no, coffee sips are okay. It's more like okay. the noodles. Yeah. So that's it's so a bit funny. more loud. I mean, I feel like I got to cringe my ears. That's so funny. I love the randomest pet yeah. peeves. My uncle had that <laughs> issue as well. And also chewing too loud. Yeah. Which is yeah. not like a great pet peeve to have because lots of people chew loud. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to first get straight into like top three tips for CFS recovery. Let's just get straight into it. I want to hear the, the top three things that helped you. Yeah, well, like I've mentioned to you before, I did the uh, Toby Morrison CFSL program. And from that, I, the top four principles in recovery were mindset, 
nutrition, sleep, quality sleep and restorative movement. Yeah. Yeah, I which love we can, that. We can all go in a little, which we can all go into a little bit of greater detail over the podcast. So, like, those are you would say top four. They were the top four. So instead of three, we make it four. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I love what what you're saying in that because I've actually recently, I'm going on my own sort of health journey. I'm recovered from CFS, but I still have chronic pain, and I didn't put the sleep component in my recovery or in my um, sort of framework for how I will get better. But that's such a good point. I would put mindset, physics, something like physical as an exercise, physical yeah. internally, which is nutrition. And then um, what was, that's the three ones plus sleep, obviously. So I'm pretty much yeah. in agreement with Toby Morris and that's how I have yeah. as well kind of structured my recovery. Yeah, we'll just on to that. Like, I suppose everyone's symptoms are so different and some people wiped out sleeping 12, 13 hours a day, whereas I had insomnia for a little bit. So I had to get into a sleep routine to improve it and I learned about what did that. The, what did that look for like for you? Yeah, well, basically just winding myself down, like lots of like meditation and deep breathing and all like that and just get trying to get to bed at 10 o'clock Um earplugs, sleeping masks, white noise machines, the whole lot, anything just to help me and just um, try not to sleep in the afternoon at all and just trying to make it make it a, a routine and a, just a, a structure of each day of, uh, and just not trying to, even like if it was on the weekend, make sure I was in bed by 10. And, yeah, at the start, I suppose I, it might be a little bit controversial, but I did have to use sleeping pills because it was a bit of an issue, but eventually I was out of wind myself off then and sleep naturally and then use supplements wow that's amazing um yeah like valerian 40 or um magnesium which are which are great for sleep but yeah sleep was definitely an issue i can remember at one stage i didn't sleep for three nights and wow that was yeah pretty that was pretty scary and before cfs did you kind of have a history of having issues with sleeping no, no, I was a great sleeper. It was just because I had a million things running through my mind at the time and I just couldn't fall asleep. So did the meditation help you with that aspect? The kind of removing yeah, the just wind, winding mind? my Yeah, and deep yeah, and just deep breathing and just just concentrating like block with the getting quality earplugs just that was blocking out all the noise in the background in the in the house and had just having a white noise machine just soothing all the air in the background as well so then I just concentrated on that and just didn't try and concentrate on any of my thoughts or anything like that just eventually after repetition 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 as you probably realize with a lot of things within recovery I was able to get into a good quality sleeping routine and that's interesting that what you say, just going back to um, what you're saying about not sleeping in the afternoon. And I think it's also a testament to how different each of us are, because I remember I've always slept well, even when I had CFS, I would sleep between like eight and 10 hours a night, but I'd still be tired, obviously, because you have CFS. And I remember there came a moment where I was so tired and I kept thinking I needed to fight through it but then I just started taking afternoon naps and then I slept like one to three hours in the afternoon and then I slept a full night 
And I did that frequently and that actually helped me, which was interesting, but maybe that's also because I didn't struggle sleeping at night. So it was like that extra added rest really helped my body kind of come out of that cycle. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, as I've learned from the sleep is probably like the number one, like, um, it's like the number one healer, which we don't really know so much. It goes unnoticed and it's just recharges and recharges the batteries basically. And it's where we uh, rest, digest and recharge ourselves. And without sleep, without generally quality sleep, we're probably not going to improve our overall health. And once I was able to get into a, a better sleeping pattern, um, I did find my uh, symptoms getting a lot better as well. That's so good. And in order to get better sleep, can you list off again the things that you used? Okay, so I used, um, I got quality earplugs. I went through a few at the chemist and they were hurting my ears and I found, oh, I can't remember the name of the top, I think they're called Alpine something, but they were very good and they blocked out everything. I had a good sleeping mask to block out all the light. Um, I had a white noise machine. I don't use this anymore, but that was in the background in the room, which just like, like basically like you're the fans going or you're on an airplane and um, those supplements, which I mentioned as well. And as well, the deep breathing and the meditation before bed and journaling as well. If I had any thoughts at the top of my head, I'd write them down before bed and then try not to, um, be distracted by any of it before bed so that's really good that's really helpful for anyone listening like if you're having it's really helpful for anyone listening if you're struggling sleeping and you can kind of follow these reach out to chris on instagram and get some more details around the supplements if you are going to take supplements for sleep make sure you consult with a doctor naturopath um gp etc about kind of that sort of thing um, okay, so that's one component sleep. Let's talk about <laughs> yeah. nutrition. Did you have to change okay, your so diet? I, well, generally, I had an okay diet before because I was sport before I got sick, but I was also doing a lot of bad stuff as well, like lots of alcohol. So I cut that from the moment um, wow. I got sick when I came down with the virus. I drank pretty heavily for about 20 years. I was Part of, I don't know if you realize that Aussie culture of playing football and cricket on the weekend and then partying hard or after the game, I was stuck in that culture. And so basically from the day that I got sick, I just, I stopped drinking. I just went uh, cold turkey. So um, yeah, I have been asked, was that the hardest thing about chronic fatigue, stopping drinking? And that was by far the easiest. So really, (laughs) um, that's just go go to show how, how, like I mentioned before, the battle of how much, how hard the chronic overcoming it was. And um, yeah, so yeah. my biggest issue with, um, I had chronic pancreatitis as well. Wow. On top of my chronic, which, so after two years into my um, CFS journey um, in 2019, I basically spent the whole year in and out of hospital. I had 10 operations on my pancreas. Oh, um, wow. I, they kept on listed tri- tripsy blasts and scrapes. I had stones in my pancreas stuck. 
um, my blood enzymes on my pancreas were like 10,000 when they should have been in range of like 550 to 100. So I was in a lot of pain. Um, wow. And eventually, eventually that I had to have like a major surgery. Okay. Um, so, and that's helped. Um, like I've, like, like it wasn't like, well, you fix that up, you're better though. It was 20, that was say 25% of recovery, fixing up the pancreas issue. Um, okay. I had to go into, I had to have full on surgery where the doctor had to go in where the stones were forming. He had to cut part of the pancreas and then put bile over the top, over the cut. Um, so yeah, that wiped me out then for a few a few weeks after. But 2019 was basically a write off. Like I was yeah. just in and out. I was in and out of the emergency. I was having um. I was either going into emergency because I had pan pancreas attacks, inflammation, or I was having these surgeries. So it was yeah, it was, it was a tiring year. But um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then when you went into 2020 with a bang, unlike everyone else on the yeah, planet that's it. yeah so um but back to that i i had an ayurvedic and then once i was able to get this issue sorted the ayurvedic diet was able to come into um was able to work a lot better it was just a basic diet of just cook veg um some fruits lentils chickpeas, all that, or just easy foods on the gut to digest because I had a lot of digestion problems. So, and now that I recovered, like for the first time in like maybe four or five years, I like at Christmas this year, I was able to eat seafood and have a few and snacks and all like that, which I hadn't eaten for like four or five years. Wow. So that was, yeah. That's interesting what you say about Ayurvedic. Mm food and all of that. Cause I, that was one of the things that helped me as well is, is kind of yeah. moving more in the Ayurvedic direction. I don't really yeah. do that as much anymore, but I did do that for a season and I found it to be somewhat helpful um, to kind of get yeah. me over the line for sure. Yeah. I think with digestion is such, there's so much conflict with CFS ME. There's so much like conflict in terms of uh, what to like to do, but I think just, like I have it work, work for me, but for, go with it, whatever uh, diet works the best for you, whatever is going to be yeah. best for your digestion. And that might look, look like trying different diets as well, for sure. Yeah, I went through it all as well. But I, yeah, eventually I got into Ayurveda and that worked well, best to me. So, and especially I, I drink warm water all day long. I'm not sure if you did that as, as part of your... No, there's this Ayurvedic tea that's like fennel and coriander, I think. Um, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. It was a tea that I that I drank every day, um, which was really nice, but it gave yeah. me reflux, acid reflux. So I had to stop drinking <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, there was there was the supplements, there was the tea, there was also I went to see an Ayurvedic doctor here in Sydney for a little while. And what was interesting about that is that him seeing him actually led me to realize that the majority of my symptoms were related to my stress levels and my emotions because I kept going in to see him because I would have flare-ups and 
I don't know if any of you guys have done Ayurvedic or if you've actually been to an Ayurvedic doctor. They check like your tongue and they check mm. like your energy and all of that. I don't know if you've had that. Yeah. So he checked everything and he was like, physically, you're fine. It's your issues emotional. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> that's literally he told me he was like, look, I can give you medicine, but your issues emotional. And that's, I think, what really kicked me off on a whole journey of going to therapy, counseling, inner healing, inner child, et cetera, et cetera, is I realized that for me, I can take all these supplements and yes, they'll help. I can uh, get on all these diets and yes, it'll help. But at the end of the day, I'm experiencing repressed emotions or things that I haven't processed or I'm sad about something or trauma from my childhood, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, just going, going back on that, like I remember when I first went to it, my tongue was coated full on white when I first had the chronic fatigue. Yeah. It was just white. So eventually now it's a little bit of white, but it's mainly pink in like in recovery. So that's really just good. Goes to show, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's what, another thing that indicates actually quite an unhealthy gut is having a tongue that's coated in like in white. It indicates like yeah. that there's some imbalance in your gut. So guys can go check your tongues in the mirror <laughs> after this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And back on that, I, I found the Ayurvedic doctors as well. They generally prescribe a good supplement. I found their supplements to be very handy. Um, again, in Melbourne, I can recommend um, the Ayurvedic doctor that I went to, but um yeah, you can put in a link later uh, at the end of the podcast. Yeah, we can put it. Like we that, can put. But, we can put yeah. in the one that I saw in Sydney. We can put on the one you, you saw in yeah. Melbourne. Um, and also, yeah. like you guys can feel free to Google Ayurvedic doctor near you. Make sure you look at reviews. That's generally how I find doctors. Is I either either get a recommendation or I'll Google it and look at the reviews. Yeah. Okay, so that's nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, what's the next one? Oh, movement. So, okay, this is... Yes. I'm excited about talking about this um, because we were talking about this earlier before we turned on the mic about graded exercise therapy, which is now called something else. And I know that you've tried that. And I want to... I'm, I'm keen to talk about this because it recently kind of research came out that graded exercise therapy doesn't actually help people with chronic fatigue syndrome. So I'm really keen to hear your thoughts around that. If it's work for you okay. and also a little disclaimer here, it's just a chat. We're not recommending this. We're just kind of talking about what it looked like for Chris. Okay. So in my first year I got graded exercise therapy recommended by a G my GP. Um, and it basically, it sent me backwards. Like wow. it, it put me to like, I was recommended to go to work three days a week. I was in no, as a school teacher, I, mean, I was in no state to be going to work at all, but he recommended that you need to go three days a week. And he was said, I kept on relapsing every day when I got home from work. And he said, oh, well, don't worry. That's all part of, you're going to eventually get stronger and better. And like, I was just, um, like the first oh my year gosh, of recovery was, was just 
yeah, it was just um, the first year was just such a confusion. Um, and I put all my faith in this doctor and yeah, it basically just hit me for six and it, yeah, it meant like mentally and physically was just making me so like frustrated and all like that. Cause I was basically at this stage um, resting up at home so I could make it into three days of work. And I wasn't, I was giving work probably 10, 15% of my job. I was lucky enough as a teacher, I had this assistant teacher, uh, assistant in the classroom and she knew a little bit about chronic fatigue and she just told me to, to sit down and she'll teach the classroom. So wow. I sort of got, got away with it a little bit, but in, in the end, I'll just have to say that was enough. And when I, I, I think I did it for about three terms and I don't, and then I basically collapsed again. And then I had to just say that I can't do this. And I, I had to take ownership. And then from there, it was basically, um, I, I sort of lost faith in Western medicine. And mm. that's why I think, uh, this, that's why I think great exercise is such a bad name because it's being prescribed by doctors, such as the one that I, and they don't really have a thorough understanding of the illness. Um, I did the Toby Morrison course, CSFL. Um, Toby's experienced it. They had health coaches who have also gone through chronic fatigue. And I rec and I believe with people who have actually gone through chronic fatigue and experienced themselves, I think they have got a good understanding about graded exercise and all like that. But if someone is going to give it to you like a like a GP or um, maybe even a, uh, a physio or um, yeah, or someone like, uh, someone like that, like, and they don't have much understanding because there's just so much complexities with the illness. Um, yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah. And um, so I found by doing, I, I understood it a lot more by, so I, this is from coming from someone who so do you think got absolutely, absolutely thrashed by doing great exercise at the start, but with the doctor and then by moving to a program who, which was able to help me, which was able to coach me through it one-to-one, um, I th yeah, that was able to help. And it was, a, there was like a eight step process as well. And it was back. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to just willy nilly go out there and teach. Like you've got to, I think with great exercise, you've got to factor in the, the four principles of recovery. You've got to factor. If you've had a bad night's sleep, you can't go out and do whatever your baseline. You're going to yeah. have to have an easy day off. If uh, you've eaten junk food, you can't go out either and do what, because you, your gut's probably not going to feel that well. Um, if you're in a bad mindset as well, generally you're not going to be able to do, uh, yeah, and well, like I found, anxiety can take up a lot of your uh, energy as well. So there's just so many factors with graded exercise. And I think it's got it, it can only work if it's prescribed by someone who I believe is an experienced the illness and has got a pro like a 10 step program instead yeah. of just going out there and yeah. And it's, it's, it's got to be really careful, care really, really carefully. It's got to be worked. Like it's not just nothing really nearly or well, anything and like I think that. At it's that got to be. Point, 
once you get to that point of being prescribed, it's not graded exercise therapy anymore. It's really more personalized um, help, like from would be from like maybe from an EP or someone that has gone through it. It's not. I mean, I think when we talk about graded exercise therapy, it's it's essentially what you spoke about in the beginning is GPs prescribing exercise as a way to combat this illness when it actually often makes things worse, which is unhealthy because they don't have an understanding of the illness, you know? Yeah. So I just, I did want to yeah, bring this yeah. up because again, to our listeners, we're not advocating for graded exercise therapy. It's obviously research has debunked that that's actually not a helpful thing for people with chronic fatigue. I will say that in my journey, the moments that I was able to incorporate movement up to my limit were as when I did that, I experienced a better energy day than if I hadn't, if that makes sense. And I don't know if you've experienced similar, Chris. Yeah. Well, I remember in the first year I was just in the push and crash cycle of like feeling okay one day, then feeling bad for five. And that's what you've got to avoid. So you've got to, it's got to be carefully done. You've got to find your baseline and you've got to go 70. So say, say your baseline's 20 minute walk. Well, then maybe you do a 10 minute walk, rest up for three hours and then do another 10 minute walk later on in the day, instead of like doing a 25 minute walk in one hit. Um, It's got to be carefully done because you've got to avoid that push and crash cycle as much as possible. Yeah. And I think it's so important you bring that up because um, so many people with chronic fatigue syndrome are like type A, hyper-motivated, high achievers. So at least for me, like when I got chronic fatigue, I was like, um, wait, what? I have to stop doing as much. Like I have to cut down on activities. And even within the chronic fatigue in my recovery journey, it was like this need to achieve recovery. And like, if someone told me, okay, you need to walk 20 minutes a day, I would have been like, okay, I need to do 20 minutes straight of walking. Whereas what you say is such a good idea is like changing that mindset of how can I get out of this mindset of I need to achieve this when really we actually just need to listen to our bodies, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's half of it as well. You got to know your body as well. Like you got to become best best mates basically with your body and know it inside out. Um, yeah, right, if that- you if you're having if. You- yeah, if you're feeling absolutely wiped out, or you you've had a bad night's sleep, well, then you don't you don't do much exercise. But if everything seems to be going okay, then push yourself seventy five. Maybe have a, a percent of your baseline, have a rest, and then maybe you can do something again in the after, like an hour or so later. And eventually, with small increments on the way, safely doing it, you can increase your activity. But it's got to be carefully done. Nothing like willy-nilly, go out there, walk 20 minutes and then with yeah. no structure or no sort of... And I think it's, it's very important to journal as well, like your pro- progression or how much you did each day. And um, so you've just got you've got a routine and sort of structure as well. So then you're not just going out there and just walking 20 minutes and feeling fatigued straight away. I think it's important to work out what's worked the day before and then do that again and then maybe... Do a, maybe a tiny bit more in the afternoon if you're feeling well. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally 
what I experienced. And also that kind of leads into the next category, which is mindset, because part of mindset is also understanding your body, knowing your body, right? Yeah, for sure. And for me, I found mindset was the biggest factor. Um, once I was able to start managing my, um, my anxiety and my mental health, well, then my sleep started getting better. I was able to start to move more. And my gut, my gut health in connection with my Ayurvedic um, diet was able to, we know about, there's been proven about the gut and the brain sort of science. I'm not, I'm not going to go into it or anything like that. But like once my mindset was able to be a lot more calmer, everything else was starting to work a lot better, a lot smoother. Yeah. And how did you get to the point where you felt like you were, becoming more calm what were some things you put in place oh because it was like it took me about I had these killer migraines they were absolutely killing me like mm. they were painful as and I had them for the first year and I was I was still in an absolute state of confusion about the the illness at this stage and then I sort of worked out I might have had like a good day and it sort of worked out the headaches were so was just stress all in my head, like internal stress. And then I sort of, wow. if I can calm myself down, they won't be as severe. Um, but anxiety and mental health was so foreign to me because previously I was on the go so much, working hard, partying hard, traveling hard, type A, running marathons, playing footy that I didn't have time to worry about if I had anxiety or anything like that. So then I was left to my own devices. I suppose the, um, the Toby Morrison course got the ball rolling for me for mindset, but I suppose I needed to go deeper than that. It, it yeah. touched the surface, but I needed to, yeah, I needed to go into a lot more bigger journey into my own uh, mind, and I was I was lucky enough to have my to have a best mate who was uh, he's a Buddhist. I'm not a Buddhist, but he he is, and he was able. He's quite intelligent, but he's not actually on Instagram, so we don't have to mention it, so he won't find out about this. But he was at like every day he'd ring me up for four years. So on his way home from work, he'd ring me up in the car, check on me, and then we'd get into deep sort of conversations and I, and I let go and I sort of used him as my own sort of psychologist and all like that as well. I was going to say at that work. stage, he you don't need a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he was able to to me about the wandering mind and about um, our thoughts and conscious thoughts and subconscious thoughts and how our subconscious thoughts are 95% there. They're our default pattern and how they're generally negative thoughts they're just conditioned that way for most for everyone and basically they're just the thoughts of the back of your head and basically don't feed them but uh, sometimes they they might be positive but generally a lot of the time they will be negative and it was only through lots of practice of meditation and getting to know my, my own mind and getting to know my own thoughts I was able to move the meditation and start using this, those skills I'd learned in meditation in everyday life. So then if the thoughts came up and I was walking down the street or whether I'd know straight up not to go there. Um, 
And then generally, like, once it started getting a lot better, the thought, like, as you can reprogram or rewire your mind, and generally, for me, I, find, I found that these thoughts weren't as common as what they were towards in recovery. Um, but, yeah, definitely that was a... Get, being able to manage my uh, mental health and my anxiety was a massive change, like, change around. And... Um, it sort of, when that became aligned, we, like when I was, it sort of synced in as well, emotionally, physically, and mentally, my healings just happened so, so quick. So I was, I was basically say stuck at 50, but then I was able to move it up straight away because I was able to stay positive, uh, like a hundred, yeah. like a hundred percent most of the time. So therefore everything was able to heal a lot better. Um, that's amazing. I think it's also just yeah. a testament. I think because I went through something similar, it probably didn't took me quite a while to kind of, and I'm still kind of coming out of it, doing a lot of personal healing work, and I go to therapy. And hands yeah. down, that was the biggest thing that helped me with my recovery. Like I yeah. did all of the other things that you're talking about, and I got up to like again fifty percent or. 60% could work full time, but that's about it. And then when I started yeah. going to therapy, acknowledging my emotions, breaking negative thought patterns, that's when things really turned around for me. Yeah. And that's what I pin yeah. it back to when people ask me, it's like, oh, so what, how did, like, yeah. what is the thing that brought you over the line? And I'm like, look, counseling, acknowledging my yeah. emotions. Yeah. But yeah. We've also got to acknowledge that it is a physical illness as well. So it's yeah. physical and like, yeah. So like for someone who's never really heard about chronic fatigue, now they just say it's straight up meant it's, it's definitely not because there's physical aspects as well. I had an aching back. I had the headaches, but, and I had so much digestion, the whole lot, but yeah, definitely mindset is where everything begins for me. Yeah. Recover, like recover. It's the number one out of the four uh, pillars of recovery. Yeah, and you make such a good point because so many people, or I don't, I don't know, I don't want to say so many, but I have heard and experienced in my own journey, people be like, "Oh, well, if you just changed your mindset, or if you just had." less negative thoughts or if you you'd be better but the thing is is it is physical it is yeah like symptoms manifest physically and chronic fatigue is an actual physical illness so it's not all in our head yeah oh for sure for sure a hundred percent yeah so yeah also just a little bit of validation for those i'm glad you brought that up chris because the last thing i would yeah. want is for someone to be like oh, they're saying I'm like depressed or anxious or whatever, because that's not what we're saying. But yeah, the thing about it is as well, it took me at least like two, three, two, three years to finally, like I was chipping away at my mindset every day, but it really it took about two, two, three years to finally work it out. And yeah, that was my mate helped me. It was, that's who I um contribute the most in helping with my mindset was my mate and his conversations and him helping with me and helping like I just basically debrief everything that was going on in my head 
and he just helped me. And um, yeah, like um, that was yeah, that was the difference. I got the ball rolling, and it's funny enough, he rang me up every day for four years, and all he's he's asked nothing in return except that um, that I'll share my story and um, help people who have to overcome. Wow. What I've had to like in the same position. Oh. So that's all he asked for. So that's. <laughs> I'm so yeah. touched, and honestly, that's amazing that he did that because the yeah, one every, of the, every day, like every day, that's that's honestly crazy to me. Like, I've never heard of that before. A friend just calling every single day to check yeah. up. Yeah, either that or he, he visited me when I was in hospital, and yeah. He, yeah, he bent over backwards. So, is it wow, he's got got a big heart. But yeah, that's a good friend. Yeah, so very lucky. But like the other day, I I saw him and I gave him a massive hug and I even gave him a peck on the cheek. And I said, "Oh, thanks, mate. You you saved my life." And he goes, "I didn't save your life. You saved your own life. Like, you know, I just gave you the promise, but it was you who physically did it. Like, you were the one. Who, I had a choice to either." listen to what he said or just, you know, um, just basically just go along and just lie in the unfortunate circumstances, which is what I was in. So, yeah, so he did, he helped, but like I, I had to do the hard work myself. It wasn't like he was shoving, shoving me magic pills or anything like that. Yeah. So it's sounding like you had a really good support network around you. Yeah, I'd say he and my mum and dad were as well. Like I had to move back home. Um, I had to move out of my house, move back home, and the amount of money that I spent on, um, yeah, just all, <laughs> just trying to see doctors and after doc, this doctor, then that doctor, and after that, it was just I had to borrow money off them. Um, so they were, they were awesome as well. And, um, yeah, I'll oh, just going back to the mind. I think one thing, and just gotta be careful. I did also get on medication. I think, yeah. um, I won't go into it too much because it's definitely not my position to, but I think anything that helps, that's going to help your mindset in a positive way, I think it, you, you have to try, like I tried it and it did. And it took me, it took me a couple of goes to get onto the right medication as well. So it wasn't, and it's not a quick fix. It only worked in conjunction with the mindfulness practice that I worked with, but with yeah. the meditation and all like that. So it worked hand in hand. Um, the med the medication didn't do it, do it for like for me, but it definitely helped. It helped take the edge off things as well. So that's really it good. definitely helped, but but it was worked in conjunction with all the training that I did with my mind over that basically that three year. Um, yeah, and yeah. thank you for sharing that as well because there's so much stigma even around medication, and um, yeah, I've definitely spoken with my um, therapist about that as well, and it's been a conversation that we've had because sometimes you're just in such a a difficult place emotionally that you do need that help and that's okay. Yeah. And um, I chose, I personally, my body reacts adversely to any sort of medication. So I've 
found natural ways to boost my mood and I'm, uh, I've taken supplements that have helped with that. So you make such a good point. It's okay to go on medication. It's okay to seek out those types of options because it is really hard sometimes. Yeah. And um, just anything to, to it just, it just gave me a say a 10% edge and I just needed that 10% boost. Like any, you need any boost really. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And thanks for sharing all of that. What's, how much would you say you recovered and what is the next step for you? What's the, what's the plan? Okay. So, um, I say I'm a hundred percent recovered because at the moment I can run 30 K's I'm back running and I can run, wow. I can run 30 K's just straight, straight off like that. I can, I'm back at doing football training AFL preseason and I can get, and that's pretty tough and I can get through that fine and I can work five days a week. But I, I say that I'm only 85% recovered because I treat every day like recovery. I only have to eat yeah. the wrong foods. Don't go to bed at the wrong time. Um, have the wrong negative thoughts and I'm only going to, it's only going to have like little relapses of consequences. So pretty much all the healthy habits, which I had learned in that four years of recovery are pretty much basically ingrained now in my uh, lifestyle. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing about recovery as well is like, it's such a big word. And I think it's important, at least for me with my journey that I make the distinction between Yes, I'm recovered from chronic fatigue syndrome, which is a pervasive feeling of tiredness, post-exertion malaise, um, resting but not, but still feeling tired, which is all of these kind of like symptoms of chronic fatigue. But I still have dietary, uh, I have intolerances. I still have to make sure I'm getting enough sleep. I still have to exercise. And I don't think you ever lose that. Nah. Well, let me just... Two, three days ago, I had a car accident and I'm oh, fine. Oh, wow. Sorry. But, um, I wrote my car off and straight away those headaches, wow. which I had. So it just goes to show how, like, like I was feeling nine out of ten for, like, the last two months, but just how temperamental it can be. And, um, yeah, I, I the headaches come back for about a day. The chronic fatigue headache, the exact same headache. Like, a, wow. So, yeah, everything is still temperamental, but like, you know, I just had to really just watch a lot of my thoughts. And because I, I was, yeah, I was internally stressed after what happened. I was a bit choken up. But, um, yeah, yeah and I can at the imagine. End of the day, you've got to be, got to, you've got to be positive about it. And I was like, you know, I was fine. And it's just a good um, wake up call and, you know, a lot of the t- a lot of times we, we might be on autopilot just to wake up a little bit, and especially when you're driving or something like that as well, or with your thoughts or, yeah. So it was a, it was a wake a good honest wake up call, and hopefully it was a in a way a dash of good luck. So after I didn't have much luck for about four years, so um, yeah, I'll look at it in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a really good point, and even for me. I have to make sure that I'm doing all of the right things and I still have get flare-ups, not as much with the fatigue more and it's more my chronic pain. If I, um, and this is as well with, with P 
compete with the my health is I I dem, I would say I'm recovered from chronic fatigue, but I still have chronic pain and I'm still working through that. And I'm also believing that I'm going to be able to overcome that as well. Um, but I also, you know, we talk about the Spoonie community and all of that. And yes, I'm recovered from from CFS. But for me, it's like once a spoonie, always a spoonie because you, oh, for sure. yeah. you, you don't lose that mindset, that spoonie mindset, that, um, that empathy, that compassion, that, that making sure you're taking care of yourself, prioritizing. There's so many things you learn in the journey that you, you take into recovery, you take into moving forward in life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And again, yeah. I just want to reiterate this whole podcast is not about us telling you how you're going to recover, that you're going to recover, when you're going to recover. It's really just a conversation around how Chris and I did our journeys, comparing notes, etc. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Um, send us any questions via Instagram about either of our journeys. Um, and just to finish up, Chris, your recommendations yeah. of the week. So in terms of getting yourself better from like, just under, like I can remember when I was, I confused myself so much over all the stuff on the internet. So I just, I joined up on the CFSL program and I just said to myself, that's it. No more search in the internet. I'm just going to stick to what they say. And that helped heaps. Yeah, so this is the CFS Health Toby Morrison program in Melbourne. Yeah, program. Yeah, so okay, that stopped all the confusion in my head about just online because there's just so much information out there, both negative and positive. Um, yeah, I, I have edit search that up as well, and um, yeah, I'll, well, for the mindfulness now, as I said to you before, I learned all of my mates, so I don't really have any. Um, books as such like the go-to books but um i've done a lot of posts on instagram about what i've basically from his thoughts to mine so yeah have a look at those posts on okay. mindset yeah definitely we'll shoot we'll send people over to your instagram as well you guys can check out chris's instagram yeah. we'll put in the show notes toby morrison cfs health course which can be done remotely from my understanding. We do repost a lot of his like IGTV on our Instagram. Um, Toby had chronic fatigue syndrome and then started a whole CFS center to help people recover. So, and then yeah, Ayurvedic will make sure and put up some recommendations for Ayurvedic doctors in Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. awesome. And just basically anything that's gonna help your mind as well, your mindset as well in a positive yeah. way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, just Definitely. listening to calming music or getting out into nature or whatever. Just yeah. Yeah, amazing. Well, thanks so much, Chris, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, it's thanks. been a real pleasure yeah. chatting with you yeah. and chatting about recovery. And again, guys, if you want to get in touch with Chris, hear more about his journey, follow him on Instagram. We'll put that handle up as well on the show notes. And yeah, thanks for coming. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sign of Hope podcast. If you want access to show notes, go to chronichope.org, where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. And make sure to follow us on our Instagram, at chronic underscore hope. See you next week. All these tears will-